Hello, friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigskinDispatch.com. Before we take you to your favorite Sports History Network show, just want to tell you a little bit about some merch that you can pick up that represents your favorite SHN podcast. So far, there's t-shirts, coffee mugs, and even books from some of the authors that do podcasts right here on SHN. Who could buy something better than that than have the history right from the, the gentleman that you hear talking about it? But we also are adding things each and every day. And where's that store, may you ask? Well, it's at SportsHistoryNetwork.com. Up at the top, there is the SHN. HN merch button. Click on that. It'll take you right to the store and you can be representing your favorite podcast and show the world that, hey, on the swag that I'm using, it's the headquarters of sports yesteryear, Sports History Network, and my favorite podcaster, the Sports History Network store. Shop there today. It's time for Lombardi Memories. So it takes you back in time, into January or February, to the greatest one-day spectacle in all sports. This is the Every Other Tuesday podcast that looks back at each and every one of the 50-plus Super Bowls and tells the story of who won and why. For the fan who needs more than just a box score, this podcast goes drive-by-drive, play-by-play through the most dramatic games in history. I'm your host, Tommy A. Phillips, and you can visit my website at TommyAPhillips.com where you can find all of my books. Today we have Super Bowl 39, which was held on February 6, 2005 at Altel Stadium in Jacksonville, Florida between the five-time AFC champion New England Patriots and the second-time NFC champion Philadelphia Eagles. As always, we have a pop quiz and then homework at the end of the episode. The pop quiz question for today is, This game was tied going into the fourth quarter. How many Super Bowls before this one had a tie score going into the final frame? The answer will come at the end of the podcast. The New England Patriots brought a long winning streak into the 2004 season, and they won their first six games to stretch that streak to 21 games, the longest in NFL history. They had their streak end at the hands of the Pittsburgh Steelers in Week 8. They then lose only one more game the rest of the way, going on to finish 14-2. They wiped out the Indianapolis Colts in the snow, in the divisional round by a 20-3 margin. Then they went to Pittsburgh where they faced the 15-1 Steelers. The Patriots dominated the game and put up over 40 points in a 41-27 victory. They were headed to their fifth Super Bowl and third in the last four years. Quarterback Tom Brady had another banner year throwing for 3,692 yards and 28 touchdowns, though also throwing 14 interceptions. Running back Cordy Dillon, who had left Cincinnati after the 2003 season, ran for over 1,600 yards and 12 touchdowns. Brady's top receivers all had first names that started with D. These were receivers David Gibbons, who had 56 for 874 and 3 TDs, David Patton, 44 for 807 TDs. Dion Brantz, 35 for 454 and 4 TDs. And tight end Daniel Graham, 
who had 30 for 364 yards and seven touchdowns. This was an outstanding offense, but don't forget about the defense. Linebacker Willie McGinnis picked up nine and a half sacks. Receiver Troy Brown played on defense due to injuries to the secondary, and he was brilliant, picking off three passes along the way. The Patriots were seven-point favorites going into the Super Bowl. On the other side, the Philadelphia Eagles also started this season with a great streak. They went 7-0 and before losing to, guess who, the Pittsburgh Steelers. So the Steelers managed to give both the Pats and the Eagles their first loss of the season. The Eagles then cruised to three more victories, getting to 13-1 before resting everyone in their final two games, which they lost both to finish at 13-3. The Eagles got the 8-8 Minnesota Vikings in the divisional round after the Vikes knocked off the number three-seeded Packers. The Eagles shut down Randy Moss and beat the Vikes 27-14. They then finally won a conference championship game after having lost the previous three. This one they won by a 27-10 margin over the Falcons to advance to Super Bowl 39. Donovan McNabb, their quarterback, had a breakout season throwing for 3,875 yards and 31 touchdowns with just eight interceptions for a sparkling passer rating, 104.7. He also ran for 220 yards and three touchdowns. The Eagles were led on the ground by Brian Westbrook with over 800 yards and former Packer Dorsey Levins with 410 yards. Receiver Terrell Owens was the, the Eagles' leading receiver with 77 catches for 1,200 yards and 14 touchdowns, but he ended up going down with an injury thanks to what we would now call a horse collar tackle, which wasn't illegal yet. It became legal, in fact, because of his injury, and he ended up missing both of the playoff games heading up to the Super Bowl but he said he was going to give it a go in Jacksonville, and Owen's status was the biggest question mark entering Super Bowl 39. The Eagles started with the ball as defensive back Roderick Hood returned the opening kickoff to the 39. On second down, McNabb went play action to Owens for a seven-yard gain. On the next play, linebacker Teddy Bruski sacked McNabb and forced a fumble, and he and Bruski recovered the fumble, but that got overturned on a challenge by Eagles head coach Andy Reid, as McNabb's knee was down prior to losing possession. In any case, the Patriots got the ball back since that was third down, and punter Dirk Johnson kicked to Brown. He returned it to the 27. Brady started his team's offense with a 15-yard pass to a wide-open Brantz. A false start and tackle Matt Light set the Pats back, though. They had the punt. And then each side went three and out on their next possession. And then Philadelphia got the ball back for the third time in this game at their own 26. 
McNabb threw to Westbrook, who broke a tackle attempt by Troy Brown and ran for a first down to the 40. Next, McNabb found tight end L.J. Smith for a first down at the midfield strike. Facing third down again, McNabb went to a wide-open Owens for 30 yards. Eagles got even more yardage when the pass were called for rucking the passer. But defensive back Rodney Harrison picked off McNabb's next pass, and the Eagles got nothing out of it. The Patriots punted, and the Eagles got great field position. This time, though, Smith fumbled away a reception over the middle, and defensive back Eugene Wilson recovered for the Patriots. The Pats wouldn't move that far, though. Derek Burgess, defensive end, sacked Brady, and the Patriots were forced to punt again, and punter Josh Miller kicked it away early in the second quarter. McNabb passed twice the Pinkston early in the next drive, each time getting a first down and moving the Eagles down to the Patriots' 17. Westbrook ran off tackle for 10 more yards, and then Eagles uh, soon found themselves back in a third-down situation. But this time, McNabb fired a pass over the middle to Smith for a six-yard touchdown. Kicker David Akers made the extra point, and the Eagles led 7-0. New England now put together a drive with Dillon catching screen passes on consecutive plays and taking them for gains of 13 and 15, respectively. Running back Kevin Folk took it out the midfield with an 8-yard run. Then he got into first down with a 5-yard run. And then Givens seemed to fumble away a reception. That's what it looked like. But... As it turns out, it got overturned by a challenge because his knee was down. Bill Belichick challenged it, and it was ruled Patriots football. So then Corey Dillon followed up with a 25-yard run down to the 7. And it looked like the Patriots were going to score, but they fumbled again. This time Brady fumbled, and this one was an actual fumble that defensive tackle Darwin Walker recovered for the Eagles. The Eagles were stuck t- deep in their own territory, and they have a punt. Johnson's kick only reached the Philadelphia 37. Brady threw the gram on first down for about six yards, then he hit Brantz on a third down pass to move the six. Two plays later, Brady threw the Mr. Do-Everything Troy Brown for a 12-yard gain. After the two-minute warning, Dillon ran it down inside the five. Then Brady found Givens open in the right corner of the end zone for a four-yard touchdown, timed the game at seven. Andy Reid and the Eagles mismanaged the clock at the end of the half. They ran down the clock for a long time, and got it under half a minute before McNabb hit Pinkston on a couple of passes, got a first down at the 40. Now they called timeout, but there's only 10 seconds left. So an incomplete pass and a draw to Westbrook ended the half, and the Eagles got no points out of it. Game was tied 7-7 at halftime. 
Brady put together a picture-perfect drive to start the second half. He threw the Browns for gains of 8 and 27 yards to move the ball to the Philadelphia 38. After a couple of incompletions, he went back to Browns for 16 more yards. Two plays later, Browns made a fourth catch on the drive, this one reaching the two. Linebacker Mike Vrabel then came in as a tight end. Brady found him for a touchdown, his second touchdown in the last two Super Bowls. Eagles got called for holding on the play. That was declined. Patriots took a 14-7 lead. Now the team traded punts again, and then Philadelphia got the ball back deep in their own territory. McNabb started the drive with an 8-yard pass to Owens. Westbrook then ran outside for first down to 45. McNabb hit Lewis now, got another first down. Then he went to Owens, got six more yards, so they're moving it downfield, and Westbrook gets the next first down. McNabb hits Lewis, gets seven more yards, but it's now third and three, and McNabb throws to Westbrook, gets another first down. What a drive this was, and McNabb went back to Westbrook, hit him over the middle for a 10-yard touchdown, game tied of 14, entering the fourth quarter. Falk took a screen for a first down at the New England 47. Dillon then ran for another first down, and Falk took it to the Eagles 28, and then he got another run, got a first down at the 16, and then he got a he caught a pass, so now he caught a screen pass, gets all the way down to the 2. And then Dylan pounds in from there. Two-yard touchdown off the left side. Patriots up 21-14. The Eagles went three and out, and the Patriots got the ball back at the Eagles 47. Great field position. Brady threw a second down pass down the middle to Brantz, who made a great catch, getting 19 yards on the play, but then it was actually 34 yards because... There was a roughing the penalty, roughing the passer penalty. And then Cordy Dillon ran for another seven yards, and he got a first down on a run outside. But then the Patriots couldn't get any more yards. So it was up to kicker Adam Vinatieri again, but this time just a 22-yard field goal. He made it. Patriots go up by 10, 24 to 14. On the next drive, McNabb threw the Owens in the open, and Owens got down all the way to the New England 37, but then McNabb's next pass got picked off by Teddy Bruschi. The Eagles had to make a stop now to have any chance to stay in this game, but they did. They did make a stop, forced a punt, got the ball back at their own 21. Now the Eagles plodded down the field, going with short passes and huddling up after every play. It took three short passes to get the first first down of this new drive. Then it took another three plays for the next first down. Clock ran under three minutes. McNabb finds Freddie Mitchell for a first down, but the Eagles are still huddling up. Now McNabb found Westbrook for another first down over the middle. But the game was now the two-minute warning. So two plays after the two-minute timeout, McNabb fired a 30-yard touchdown pass down the middle to Lewis. 
cut the Eagles' deficit to three. Akers tried an onside kick, but it went right to Patriots tight end Christian Fourier. Brady simply handed off the folk on three straight runs, costing the Eagles their last two timeouts and moving the clock all the way down to 55 seconds. Miller got away a perfect punt, bounced down to the four, left 46 seconds, that's and McNabb now to go 96 yards for a touchdown or um, almost that much for a field goal with no timeouts, 46 seconds. So what does McNabb throw? He throws a one-yard pass to Westbrook inbounds. By the time he got off his next pass and incompletion, there were 17 seconds left. Finally, McNabb threw a second interception to Harrison, and the Patriots ran out the clock on their 24-21 victory. This was a tightly contested game, despite the Eagles' mangling of the clock. In fact, it was the first Super Bowl ever to go to the fourth quarter with a tie score. So the answer to today's pop quiz question is zero. Zero games before this one had a tie going to the third quarter. Dion Brantz was named MVP for a record-tying 11 catches for 133 yards. He was the first Patriot other than Tom Brady to be named Super Bowl MVP. Now, if I were to give out an award for the second-best player on the Patriots, I'd have to go with two players, Teddy Bruschi, who had both a sack and an interception, not to mention a forced fumble and recovery that got taken off the board on an instant replay. I'd also give it to Rodney Harrison, who picked off two passes. Both those guys helped the Patriots' defense do just enough to win this game. For least valuable player, I have to go with a guy that I really like, uh, Donovan McNabb. You know, I think he deserves a lot of credit and should uh, be considered for the Hall of Fame. But he threw three interceptions and he ran an offense that went at a snail's pace while trailing by 10 in the fourth quarter. That's on the quarterback to move the offense faster. If he had saved even one more minute, that might have been enough to move the ball in the field goal range to tie the game, assuming that the Eagles could have avoided an interception. The most valuable player in a losing team was definitely Terrell Owens. He caught nine passes for 122 yards. He's fighting off a serious injury, yet playing right through it and looking like he wasn't hurt at all. What a game he had, and it's a shame the Eagles didn't manage the clock right because I could easily see him catching a 50-yard bomb to put the Eagles in the field goal range to tie the game at the end. The best player you don't remember? How about tight end L.J. Smith of the Eagles? He got four passes for 27 yards and a touchdown, and he provided a great target for McNabb as the team's starting tight end. I even forgotten about him. Now, the biggest play of the game was Teddy Bruschi's interception, stopping the Eagles from closing in on the Pats' 10-point lead. He blunted the Eagle momentum 
and allowed the Patriots to run off some clock. Without that interception, maybe the Eagles do have enough time to tie or even win the game in regulation, even with how bad they manage the clock. The biggest play you don't remember, that was McNabb's one-yard pass to Westbrook inbounds with less than a minute to go. I know it doesn't seem like much, but there's no way that was a good play. It was just a terrible play. How you could, how could you possibly think that was a good idea to throw one-yard pass when you need to go about 70 yards and, and inbounds for that matter? And then Westbrook, what he should have done was just knock the pass down, but he caught it. And that allowed more clock to run. McNabb needed to be looking for T.O. on that play. That's where he needed to be going. But instead, he ended up throwing a desperation interception two plays later. Okay, now for homework this week, I'm going with Patriot Rain. Bill Belichick, the coaches, and the players who built a champion by Michael Hawley. The New England Patriots franchise is going to end up with the most books written about them by the time all is said and done. It's just a fascinating story of how this team went from rags to riches. Of course, you probably hate the Patriots, but there's no denying their greatness. Next time, it's a blast from the past. The Pittsburgh Steelers, who hadn't won a Super Bowl in 26 years go up against the Seattle Seahawks who had never been to a Super Bowl before. Can Steelers running back Jerome Bettis go out on top in his hometown of Detroit? Can Mike Holmgren win a Super Bowl with a second team? What was it with all those weird calls by the officials? Find out my take on all of it in two weeks when I take on Super Bowl 40. My website, again, TommyAPhillips.com. Lots of interesting books I have there. And until next time, this is Tommy A. Phillips signing off. So long. Hey there, sports history fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Each week, the official Football Learning Academy podcast will take you deep into the history of pro football through interviews with players, coaches, or administrators in the NFL, as well as interviews with Pro Football Hall of Fame selectors, authors, and historians. You'll learn how the game evolved and important moments that shaped the sport into what it is today. And don't miss the Pro Football History Nugget of the Week. Listen to the official Football Learning Academy podcast on the Sports History Network. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. 
head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.